And now, a word from our sponsors. Need a catch-up session on what you missed last week? Now you're listening to ArchD Radio, the podcast mix. ArchD 107.9 Life, James here with you. Hope you're having a fantastic uh, evening. Today's a bit of a, a fun day for me and, and a bit of a thrill. And I've been looking forward to this because... This, I mean, this is, so Sarah Moffat is my very special guest here today. And it's very important that, that you understand Sarah's place in ArchD history because Sarah and I were the people who together founded ArchD in the, the very, very beginning, which was, I think, 2011. So was that 12 years ago now in, in, in the very early days? Back then, Sarah, you were the coordinator of the Catholic Office for Youth and Young Adults and we were working together then. But now, of course, you have... <laughs> You've become, well, I don't want to say all powerful because that's the <laughs> wrong way to put it. But you are you are now occupying a very senior position uh, within our Arts Diocese as the director of Pastoral Life and Mission. Thank you so much for coming in today on a, on a very busy day for you. No worries, thanks, and that's very kind of you. I think it was your idea, and I just helped make it happen. I know, but we still did work quite closely together yep. in those early days to to yep. to work out what it was going to be like and, and the structure. And I know it's changed a lot over the years, but but really, in terms of the radio program, what we do here, that hasn't really changed much at all. Mm. It's very much um, very much the same thing. But what I really want to talk about today is uh, really getting a sense from you about like what your history has been in terms of like youth ministry, going all the way back to the very beginning for you through to kind of where you are now and just those kind of those uh, significant moments along the way and now our very special guest tonight is the wonderful uh, Sarah Moffat uh, a amazing old friend of mine incredible mentor and 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 influence on me through through my journey going through my working life and it's wonderful to have her back here uh, in the studio today now Sarah now you are the uh, director of pastoral life and mission but you never were always I guess I'm a bit dumb but you weren't always the director of pastoral life and mission um, for you, your youth ministry journey goes back a long way, doesn't it? Can you talk a little bit about those early beginnings and kind of what those first moments were like where you realise, oh, this is something that's special. This is something that I would really like to be a part of. Yeah, so I started my journey in youth ministry in the Cardine movement, so the YCS and the YCW, which, as you know, have a strong history here in the Archdiocese. Mm. And for me, they were... I still look back on those days and see them as really hugely significant in terms of my own leadership development. Like yeah. the, the whole idea of it was student and young people voice that you had a place in the world and in the church and that you were called to kind of use that voice, um, you know, for, for good and for positive change. And so, and always really surrounded by good older mentors mm who actually carried me along that journey and developed me as a leader. So what was the first moment for you that you first became introduced to that? Because for, for people who don't know, we just better give some background. So uh, Joseph Cardine was a, a, a very sort of notable person within the Catholic movement. He developed a kind of a, uh, what, what was it? Was it C. Joe Jacked was, his, was yep. his thing? And very much about young Christian students, young Christian workers, really hands and feet faith in action. He mm. wasn't a more sort of like prayerful style of person. He was like, get out there in the community and make a difference to people. Yeah, and I, I think the, the benefit or the thing I really like about it and I still like about it now is the voice 
of young people being the now. So it's not yeah. a deferred thing into the future. It's actually you're called to make some change now and you have influence already. Because mm. you grew up, did you grow up in as, as a church family? Was that something that you did? Yes, absolutely. So. You did. And so was it from there that that sort of blossomed or, or became, came into, it came into being? Yeah. So my parents always kind of, they're pretty edgy, you know, like I say, involved in all sorts of activities of church and always welcoming the stranger or, you know, really kind of like justice orientated and minded. That was their big kind of contribution to me, if you like, yeah. um, a, as a way of living out faith. Yeah. And so for you, do, was it like a meeting that you went to the first for like the YCS or the YCW? Yeah, Where was so, it? Like to talk about, talk, talk us through it. Like what was that, what was that moment like? So I was part of a little group in Elizabeth. Right. Um, so it was, a, and I think I was like 14 or 15 and we had an adult support person and we had a book that we followed. And so the book was things like, tell us about what it's like, um, you know, the pressures on you as a student in high school you know, talk about, um, you know, bullying and harassment, those things that are relevant to student life. And once we'd worked through that booklet, we'd had the method to then look at other things. So it wasn't just confined to that reality of those things in the booklet, but now it's like, well, what else do you want to talk about? Mm. And then where did that go to for there for you? Like what was the next step? Clearly it resonated with you. Yeah, well, and so we were, we would have camps and we would have other activities and we would lead them. So Mm. it wasn't a case of someone leading something for us. We'd have camps and we'd be allocated, your session is to run a getting to know you game or your session is to run a conversation with young people about the things that matter to them. So, and we had adults working alongside of us, but we were the ones running it. That's so, I mean, and did you even then find, because we've had conversations about this, you know, o- over the years, and we've talked about leadership and how it's, yeah. a, um, we've often said things like, you know, people become leaders because that's the next step in a kind of like an evolutionary ladder of, of becoming more senior in your work. Not necessarily whether or not being a leader is something that you aspire to be or something that you're yeah. uh, naturally sort of like driven driven to do. Was that something that you felt that leadership was something that you had been called to from a young age as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't until I started my first job and I remember we had to do this training and we all had to take a piece of – I was an insurance broker, well, in insurance, not at that stage. And you had to take a piece of a policy document. How incredibly boring <laughs> – and you had to run a session for your colleagues about about that. Mm. And I remember people going, how did you do that? I was 20. And they're thinking, you ran that, you ran it on time, you got people involved in conversation, probably the best one that we'd had. Mm. But that, wasn't, that was second nature to me because I'd been doing that. Yeah. Through the YCS, yeah. the YCW. That's so interesting. We're going to be talking a lot more about uh, Sarah Moffat's journey from – uh, starting out in the in the Catholic youth movement all the way through to her current role as the director of pastoral life and mission at the Adelaide Archdiocese. Hey, this is Emma. Hi, I'm Zach. Hey, everybody, this is Matt Morris. That's Tom. That's Riley. And now this is Archd. Archd Radio 107. Seven nine. Live. Live. <laughs> 
James here with you and Sarah Moffat is my very special guest. Sarah, as you can hear, is very, very important. That was her phone buzzing on the desk, which she's now put under her left leg, which is very a very comfy spot. Good thing we've got soft chairs and not like hard ones that are just going to make it vibrate even more. Um, we were talking about uh, your sort of journey through youth ministry. A big part of, of my working life was working with you as part of the Catholic Office mm-hmm. for Youth and Young Adults. And, and definitely one of the most rewarding times of my working life as well. Um, all the way through that, though, you you would have come across many challenges and things that you needed to um, um, work with and, and find solutions for and overcome. For you, the ones that you can talk about, of course, because we can't talk about all of these things, but for you, was there any, any moment that you would say was kind of like your biggest challenge, whether or not that was a professional challenge or a personal challenge within the work that you had to kind of find your way through? Yeah, I mean, I suppose if I go back to when I transitioned into the work, so it was just before then, and I was working for the YCW, and I had a phone call from Julie Trinidad, Mm -hmm. who said, Archbishop Wilson wants to nominate you to go to World Youth Day as one of the Australian reps. How do you feel? And I'm like, great, luck, sure. Um, So I was one of the two Australians that went um, and so I was part of what was the International Liturgy Group. So I met with all people, you know, across the world. And I would say it was the weirdest thing I'd ever experienced because it was it took me out of my reality. Mm. And I was exposed to the global church and what I would term very unfamiliar practices that I hadn't actually participated in before. Like what? Adoration. It wasn't. Okay. So, it wasn't something that was part of my context. Yeah. Well, for people who don't really know, this is a um, a very kind of like I guess the better term is an old school Catholic yeah. thing where they put the um uh, uh the the host or I guess the wafer I guess is the set that people have when they go to church. They put it inside a big kind of like um silver or gold thing up the front. It's got the most bizarre name. They call it a monstrance that's put on top of the altar, and people um uh, I guess pray in its presence in silent contemplation mm. uh, for a very long period of time. But in a lot of um, Catholic parishes and things like that, you never see anything like this. No. It's, it's it's sometimes considered to be a, a very sort of like uh, a much older practice. And it certainly wasn't part of my reality. And I came back thinking, wow, is this the way I'm supposed to be Catholic? Because if it is, I don't know. Do you know, like mm. I don't know that I resonate with it. You know, like I was 27 and I was like, it, it was so unfamiliar to me. It was quite frightening. But anyway, I came back and spent, um, Tom Gleason, who was the chaplain for the YSW, said, I think you better unpack this. So I spent a couple of days with him just unpacking the experience. And out of that, I actually determined that I could stand in my own place of faith and yeah. actually act in that way. So I'm not rejecting what the church is saying by any means, but I could stand in a place of faith that could be uniquely mine and that my relationship with God was the most important thing that I need to focus on, not yeah. a, not the other peripheral stuff. Wow, it's beautifully said. And so that was a real turning point in terms of actually having agency over my own faith and the world that I lived in. You know, hugely significant. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> and now... James here with you. Hope you're having a fantastic evening. Sarah Moffat, the co-founder of uh, 
of Arch D. There's there's been like we were talking before about challenges, about challenges that you faced in youth ministry over the years. Is there a highlight though? Like one, it, it could be a, a big or a small thing for you that stands out. I mean, for me, the biggest highlight is giving people a sense of agency, and that happens. I try and let it happen all the time. Do you mm. know? Like, so to be a leader and to be in a position, like I see myself as privileged in terms of being in a position of influence yeah, and to actually give people permission to explore the things that actually allow them to exercise their leadership. When people do that, that excites me because I think, wow, like I'm giving to you what other people have given to me. And so that's a really significant thing to pass on to someone else. Yeah. Um, this kind of plays interesting. Well, I was going to talk about this later, but um, what we do now at the end of the show is we um, uh, we we have a look at the at the week's gospel and we sort of think what is is there a question that this provokes along the way? And the gospel for this week, which is uh, Matthew uh, sixteen thirty to twenty, is the one where um, Peter refers to Jesus for the first time as the Son of Man, and, and he says, you know, through your faith you have seen this, but don't go out telling other people that this is what, what you've seen and what you've said. And it really, whenever I, you know, hear that gospel, read the gospel, it always really makes me think about that idea that even in positions of great, um, uh, as Spider-Man would say, great power and responsibility, uh, there needs to be a real sense of humility that comes with it as well. It's like, don't get a. Let's not get above ourselves here. No, we good. still have to focus on those things that are that are truly important. And and having worked with you for a number of years, I know that you're very, mm. you're really focused on that because it's so easy. I think when people start to work in very, you know, as you do, you know, you work in a very senior role within the church, um, to just only be concerned with those things that senior people are concerned with. Do you think that there's there's a danger there that people can lose touch with the things that are actually important that are really meaningful? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that you can, absolutely can. Like you you can actually be doing the run of the mill tasks, and there are plenty of those to do every day, all day, because that's part of being in leadership. You know, uh, approving leave requests, or you know, and so one of the things that I I have a piece of pink cardboard on my whiteboard and Mm. it reminds me why i'm there and it was so this was part of my professional supervision that i do and i look at that and it reminds me i'm here to serve the life and mission of the church uh, and secondly to have good work-life balance and so those two things are the things that motivate me when i'm kind of feeling a bit off track i look at those things and say i'm not doing any of those things you know like i'm actually feeling my just Day with things that are making me busy yeah rather than actually focusing on the life and mission of the church and what does that look like to you because i mean that could mean so many different things to to whoever would say that you go i'm going to the life and mission of the church i need to be going to mass every day or i need to be mm-hmm. uh um leading a uh, bible study prayer group on a wednesday night or something like people could say that that's that but what does yeah. that mean to you i mean for me it means being attentive to what our kind of core people are saying to us, like our parishioners and our clergy and our, you know, pastoral workers about the things that they think are important and that we need to actually be providing, you know, in the context of my job, services that respond to what people are actually asking for. Not that, well, I think this is a wonderful idea, but this is this actually goes to the core of what you're asking about. 
and this actually helps solve or adds value to what you're already facing. Yeah. So it's about being authentic in listening to what people are requiring from us because you can easily be this internal central office. So I always say to people, and I'm sure it frustrates them, if you're doing anything, I want you to actually get in contact with parishes and communities and find out what that looks like for them. So even if you're writing an instruction about confirmation, find out what that looks like because you might be writing an instruction that says do this when in actual fact that doesn't work and the people on the ground can tell you that it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So I think you've always got to be reflecting on what's actually happening for the people who are actually doing what's happening rather than being a kind of, you know, bureaucracy that puts out instructions and documents and, you know, well, so are you using the resource that we send out to you? Yeah. And if not, why aren't you? And is there something that would be better to serve your needs? Yeah. we got lots more coming up. I want to keep, keep going with this conversation because it's, it's really important. Hey, this is Emma. Hi, I'm Zach. Hey, everybody. This is Matt Mar. That's Tom. That's Riley. And now... This is Archie. Archie Radio 107. <laughs> My very special guest here tonight is Sarah Moffat. I just really wanted to ask you, which was an extension of, of the last thing that we were talking about, now working as the Director for Pastoral Life and Mission at the at the Archdiocese of Adelaide, what is it that you've seen and, and had the, I guess, the privilege of finding out about conversations that you've had while you've been there that have really kind of surprised you about the, uh, I guess, the current priorities of people in church in um, South Australia at the moment? I don't think anything surprises me, but I think what it has meant is a reorientation of what we do. Right. So, you I mean, you were involved in both those dice and assemblies mm. and the progression of that about what it is that people are focused on, you know, I, I think reorientating our work to meet those needs in those key areas to me is really significant that perhaps what we what people were asking for and what we were delivering as an archdiocese probably was a bit out of kilter. When we had those dioceses and assemblies, and I remember a big part of that was we got together people from all different parts and walks of life from the Archdiocese of Adelaide. Some were sort of like, you know, everything ranging from elder parishioners mm. to youth delegates through to school students through to teachers working in Catholic schools and everyone in between. Um, we all got together, we, we formed these tables, we, we had these long conversations and came up with these ideas out of it of the things that was being prioritised over, over what we felt should be prioritised. So for you, was that process something that was a confirmation of what you knew was already happening or was there anything that came out of that when you and um, uh, the other people who were sort of like overseeing everything looked at it and the eyebrows went up and went, oh, that really came through as like a really big prominent issue. That does come as a bit of a surprise. Not really. Like in the, I think that the things that, I mean, the focus certainly on faith formation wasn't a surprise mm. that people wanted some faith formation for everyone. The fact that young people in particular saw our work as the, at the margins as essential and part of who we are. Mm. 
So those, the, they're the things that I suppose it gave confirmation to give a reason why we would do those things, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, and not to say that there weren't unique comments or things that people said that I thought, wow, wonderful, these are great ideas. Um, you know, I think what you can do is you can actually say, oh, well, everyone's saying this and so I'm going to do this. Whereas to me that actually gave our team the evidence to say this is what we should be doing yeah. and we should be responding to what it is that people are saying as their top priority. Is that a plane? That's a plane. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that, you know, because, you know, when people are in churches in different communities, we do tend to silo off into our own individual. I mean, that's what being a community is. You mm. you have your own uh, needs and priorities that are there and you can be a little bit... Um, I guess, oblivious to the things that are happening sometimes in the broader, mm. uh, you know, like a, a specific sort of like more of a, a youth ministry based church or something like that, that's really focusing on on the ecology or, or social justice will be very different from a, um, say, uh, like a migrant community mm. somewhere out um, in the northern suburbs somewhere, um, speaking in their own language and in their own mm. dialects uh, around the things that still matter to them as well. It might be very, very different kind of priorities. So to actually hold them all up and saying, the church as a collective is prioritizing this, I guess, does give you that mandate to then go forward and say, this and is that what we're my hope is that people can actually see themselves in that too, to yeah. say, I was actually part of this process. And although there are six priorities, there might be one that I'm focused on, you know, or there might be, we would encourage people to be as a parish community focused on all of them, but there might be a particular priority at a particular time for a whole set of circumstances that mean people need to focus on X, Y, or Z. Brilliant, um, brilliant. And now... James here with you this evening. My very special guest for the last hour has been the wonderful, my old friend and mentor, Sarah Moffat, the Director of Pastoral Life and Mission at the Archdiocese of Adelaide. Sarah, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. We've tried many, many times to get this time lined up, yeah. but it's been all over the place for one reason or another, I guess, because everyone's, you know, you in particular very, very busy. So thanks for taking the time. It's lovely to have the show's co-founder back <laughs> in the hot seat where she belongs. <laughs> Great way to finish the day too. For sure. We are here every week with a brand new podcast version of the ArchD show. Check out all of our other podcasts, including the latest School Life content on our website, archdradio.com. Com and find us on social media at RHD Radio for heaps of behind-the-scenes stuff. Or you can catch the show when it airs on Life FM every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. We will see you again very soon. Bye.